thank you so much for joining us this morning. And we're continuing in this series, Getting Alone with God. And uh, this series is about spending time with Him. And that's what I've really been uh, focusing on these last several weeks. And just to sort of recap, if, if you've missed any of these uh, teachings, I encourage you to go online and, and podcast, podcast them or, or watch the, the video archives. The first week we taught about Jesus demonstrated the importance of getting alone with God. He is our greatest example. So that's what I talked about the first week. The second week, I talked about how the getting alone with God should not be a ritualistic exercise or some kind of religious duty, but it's, it's built on relationship. It's relational. It's about us coming into that place of relationship with our Heavenly Father. And the more we do that, the more comfortable we get in doing that, and uh, uh, the better it is for us. Our relationship gets stronger and the dynamics of that relationship grow stronger as we spend time with him and as we get more accustomed in, in getting alone with God and hearing his small, still voice speaking to our hearts so that we recognize that voice and we develop that relationship. Then the last two weeks, weeks three and four, we've really looked at the, a few of the many benef benefits of getting alone with God. There are so many benefits. We could do a whole series on just the benefits of getting alone with God. This morning, I want to talk more about that, about spending quality time, quiet time with the Lord, and uh, just receiving his abundant benefits of doing so. Um, this morning, I want to talk about powerful results the, of spending time alone with him. As we sang this morning, there's power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come what? That you may have abundant life life in abundance, super abundant life. And there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power, there should be power in our lives as we walk in the things that the Lord has given us and called us to. There's power in the name of Jesus. So I wanna talk about that this morning. I actually plan to teach on something different. And I know that um, when I'm not really struggling, but sometimes I know that it's like, I'm just not getting it. And I'm like, okay, God, let me just stop here. I, because I've got in my mind what I'm gonna teach and I'm going through that, trying to prepare that sermon. But on Friday, I just really, I, I stopped and I said, okay, God, I just really feel like you're wanting me to go a different direction. And uh, so that, it's Friday afternoon, I began working on this sermon and, and this is what the Lord has for us. I'm gonna be teaching on another aspect a primary benefit that we receive from spending alone, time alone with God, and that is a life of power. In fact, I text Walter this morning. I said, hey, man, this song's really on my heart. Can we do this song? We hadn't planned to do this song, but I wanted to just emphasize the power that's in the name of Jesus and the power that God has given us. Um, so my first point this morning is a life of power are the results of spending time alone with him. And we're going to be going to a couple of passages of Scripture. If you want to begin to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 16, we'll be going to verses 31 through 33. And then Zechariah uh, in the Old Testament, chapter 4, verse 6. But before we go there, I want to go to Colossians 1.11. Sneaking this in on you. We looked at the scripture last week, and, and this week I wanna camp out here for a few minutes before we move on. Colossians 1.11 says, we also pray that you will be strengthened 
with his with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. And so again, uh, this is where, where I taught primarily last week and Paul's writing to the early church, the Corinthians there and he's encouraging them, he's giving them instruction and he says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. We receive power that gives us endurance and patience. Do you ever need some endurance? Do you ever need some patience, husbands and wives? Come on now, we all do. We all need patience. And there are times when I know it's the Lord giving me endurance, and I definitely know that sometimes he gives me great patience because I know my propensity for short fuse when it comes to being patient sometimes. And if you drive on 45, you probably have experienced that as well. So God can give us uh, power for great endurance and patience. And I've seen the level of capacity that God has given me for endurance and patience because I know my capacity and it's not that great, especially when it comes to patience sometimes. But God can give us endurance and patience. And I know that he equips us. I was talking with Pastor Mohan who was here uh, last week and we were talking about having endurance in ministry. It takes great endurance to be able to uh, pastor and lead a church. But I know that God empowers us with that ability, that endurance. And uh, I've, I've been blessed, Christine and I have been blessed that we have a great capacity for endurance. And uh, I know some of you have a great capacity as well for, for doing the things that the Lord has called us to do. And I know that some of us naturally maybe have greater capacity than others, but supernaturally we have that extended. We have really everything that we have comes from him. So the endurance that we do have comes from the Lord giving that to us. Um, I've, in, I've, in, uh, w- I've witnessed the, the increased capacity when I'm walking in his power as, as opposed to my power. I can see the clear difference. And so we need to, that's why we talk about connecting with the Lord. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to empower us so that we can walk with great endurance and great patience. Colossians 1.11, we also pray that you be strengthened with all, say all, all, with all his glorious power so that you will have all, say all, all, all the endurance and patience, what? We need, we need endurance and, and patience and he can give that to us through his glorious power. The word, the word indicates and says that the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, lives in you. Can, you. can you begin to understand the power that it takes to raise somebody from the dead? The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit living in our lives. There should be great power coming from our lives because we're empowered with a, with a presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4.13 says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We can do everything, what, on our own? No, through Christ who gives us strength. Are these, 
when you see these words on the screen or on the page, are they just words? Or, or can you really get that down inside of you? That this is a truth, that this is a reality, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, us. So if we try to navigate through the challenges of life on our own, we're going to come short from what the Holy Spirit can lead us to and give us so that we can walk in the fullness of life that Christ came to give us. Through the strength of Christ, you can overcome any and all challenges. And last night as I was preparing for this message, I, I thought about an example that Pastor Christine has shared uh, uh, several times, I guess primarily at the Bible study. But um, many of you know that when we lived in Corpus Christi, I had a full-time job working at a, uh, in R&D at a chemical company, but we also had a side business that was a hotshot delivery service. And so many times Christine would hook up the trailer and go get some oil-filled equipment and, and go out into the field and deliver stuff. She was awesome. But she, she ran across a situation one time where something was going on on the highway. And there was an 18-wheeler that, that was coming down the road, and uh, I think it was a highway patrol, stepped out from his car and did this. Said, stop. Now, here's a great example of power and authority. That 18-wheeler had enough power to run over that highway patrol. No problem, right? But that highway patrol had the authority. And we have the authority through Christ. Amen? So we can overcome any and all challenges because with that authority also comes power. That highway patrol also has some power too. Strapped on his side here, right? His, his six-shooter. But he has power and authority. And Jesus said, all, what did he say in Matthew 28? In verse 18, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus has all authority. So that's why we sing, in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray, in the name of Jesus. Because he has all power and all authority. And we come under that banner. We come under that. And we can walk in the power and the authority that's been delegated to us. Are you getting it this morning? There's great power. There should be great power coming from our lives. The Bible doesn't teach that we never have troubles or challenges. But what the Bible does teach is that we can overcome those challenges or troubles. James 1 says, count it all joy when you have trials and tribulations. For the testing of your faith builds your patience or perseverance. And when your patience or perseverance is complete, then you are complete, lacking nothing. So trials will come, but we can overcome the trials and tribulations through Christ. So my first point is a life of power are the results from getting alone with God. As we spend time with him, there's something that happens in my life, in your life, when we get alone with God in the mornings and we get some direction from him. Um, I'm... I would prefer to spend time with the Lord in the evening, but there's something that happens when we get up in the morning and, and, and he begins to, we spend time with him. It, it helps orchestrate our days. 
And my second point is you can overcome troubles. Here, uh, let's go to John chapter 16. And I'm not gonna take a lot of time to, to read the background on this. You can go back to the Gospel of John and read, I think in chapters 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there where Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. And it's like he's giving them final instructions. And he's been talking to them about prayer. He's been talking to them about the Holy Spirit. He's been talking to them about all of these things because it's, he's about to go to the cross and be crucified and his time is short. And it's like he's trying to really give these guys all that, that they can handle. So let's look at John 16, verse 31. And he, he says, Jesus asked, do you finally believe? I think during the course of this conversation that he's having with them, they're finally beginning to understand. They're beginning to understand that he is God. Remember, he has this dialogue with, with the disciples. I love this. Uh, he says, uh, they're talking to him and, and they're saying, well, show us the Father. And he says, have, have I been with you all this time and you, you still don't understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then Philip says, well, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. He's like, hello, Philip. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so he's giving them uh, not just information, but truth and reality of who he is. And so he's giving them insight into the things that are going to be going on. And I believe that they're beginning to finally grasp and understand that Jesus is God. He says, do you finally believe? And let me ask you a question. Do you finally believe? Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe what the word says about you, about him? Do you believe that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength? I mean, do you really believe that? I know that we know that here, but do we know it here? That we are overcomers. <laughs> that God has not called us to a life of mediocrity, but of excellence and overcoming power and anointing through Jesus. He goes on to say in verse 32, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Jesus is about to go through a mock trial. He's about to go through a horrendous beating. He's about to go to the cross and be crucified and die. And he says, you will abandon me. But the time is coming indeed, it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Verse 32 continues, yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus has been teaching them who he is. He's been teaching them about the Holy Spirit. He's been teaching them about prayer. He's been teaching them that they can ask in Jesus' name. Why? Because we've already talked about it, because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. It's like he's giving them these final instructions and giving them as much as they can contain. He and the Father are one. Um, 
Let me read this again. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Verse 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Peace. Because we know what happened. We know what was about to happen. And God knows what's going to happen next week in your life. And one of the greatest things that we can have is peace. We all need peace. And we all have trials. Count on all joy. When you have trials and tribulations. I don't like that scripture personally. I, you know, I'd rather say, if you ever have any trials or tribulations. But it doesn't say that. It says when. How many of you like to take tests in school? Oh, I can't wait for this test. That was a trial. <laughs> but what, what's the purpose of that? One, for the instructor, the professor, or the teacher to understand if the students are grasping the concepts and the, and the information that's being taught. And it's pretty clear whether you're getting the information or not when you get the, the test back, right? But who among us would, would want to take a test? I mean, you, you go into the classroom and, and the professor says, okay, put everything under your desk. And you're like, oh no, a pop quiz. I didn't do my homework. I was thinking I could just skate another few days or another week. But it's a test. And tests and trials, they, what they do is they expand our capacity for more. They show us where we are. Because sometimes we may think we're in a different place. We may think we're doing better than what we really are. Just get on I-45 on a busy day. That'll test your patience right there, man, I tell you. So sometimes we're not doing as well as we may think that we are. And so those trials and tribulations and those tests and those crazy drivers on 45 will show us where we are. So John 16, 33. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Jesus tells them and he tells us there are going to be trials in life. But take heart because I have what? Overcome the world. Amen. Amen. I want to read this in the New American Standard Bible. But take courage because I have overcome the world. Take courage. Be bold and courageous. Be strong. Don't shrink back. Don't be fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Fear is not of God. Fear is of the enemy, and, he, and it's very effective. So we need to walk in the power and the authority of Christ, and we need to live in that place on a daily basis. Come on. I love Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So as we come into alignment with his word, as we get rid of the stinking thinking, as we, as we grasp the truths and the reality of God's word, and, and it goes from our head to our heart, we begin to walk in the fullness of life. Because we don't see things through the filters of our life. We see things through the filter of Christ. We see things from his perspective. And it's much greater than ours. Because we've all been wounded. 
and, and we've all been hurt, and uh, there are things in our lives that God is extracting out of our lives, but sometimes those can be filters to taint the way that we see things. But if we have those, take, those blinders taken off and we begin to see things from his perspective, it's a lot better. It's a lot more accurate. And that's God's desire that we walk in the fullness of life. That's why it's important that we spend time with him in the morning to orchestrate our day. Because at the end of the day, we've had all this stuff that we've dealt with and all these things that are going on. And, uh, you know, it's harder. And I'm going to talk, well, let me say this. I plan to talk about that next week. We'll see what the Lord has. So my three points this morning are spending time alone with God produces a life of power. Those are the results. We can overcome troubles. We can overcome all trials and tribulations. My third point is we have mighty power and authority through Christ. Let's go to Zechariah 4, 6. Then the Lord said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I want to read the same scripture in the New American Standard Bible. Then he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by force, not by might, not by our own power, but by the power and the strength of God's spirit. And this Hebrew word used for might means strength, it means efficiency, it, means, it can mean wealth, it can mean the strength of an army. This Hebrew word used for power, would you put that scripture back up please, uh, Zechariah 4, 6. This Hebrew word for power means ability, not God's power, okay? But power that is opposed to God's power. It can be opposed to God's power, it, it, such as our own human strength or power, okay? So this, this word power, let, let's go back and let me read this scripture again. Then he answered to me and said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, not by might, in other words, not by your own wealth, not by the strength of an army, not by uh, any physical strength that you have, nor by power, not by your own ability, not by the power that comes from your own humanness, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, it's not by any physical strength or abilities that we have, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit working through our lives. It's not money or wealth or the strength of an army. It is by the power of Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. The results of spending time alone with God should be a powerful life. There should be power in our life, power to overcome the things that come against us. My first point was a life of power are the results of spending time alone with God. My second point, you can overcome troubles, all troubles through Jesus. My third point is we have mighty power 
and authority through Jesus Christ. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. You may be here this morning and God is speaking to your heart. Maybe you had a relationship with him, but you've walked away. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I wanna pray with you this morning. Listen, there's no shame in that. Warren, can you turn the lights back on, please? Anybody here this morning? God is speaking to your heart. Listen, you can, maybe you've been trying to fight through the challenges of life alone, fighting through things, and you realize I can't do it on my own. You need Jesus. Anybody here this morning? Ah, he loves you. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on, man. This is a safe place. Family here. I want you to walk in the power and the authority. It's a new day. Anybody else? Okay. I'd like for you to just pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I give you my life. I thank you for this fresh start. I ask forgiveness for all my sins that I may walk in the fullness and the power that you're allocating to me, that you've given me, that you've already allocated. I'm just gonna receive it now. And Father, I thank you for this new day. And I ask you to help me. I ask you to fill me to overflowing with your great love. In Jesus' name. Sir, I wanna pray one more prayer for you. Lord God, I pray for this man. I pray that you would fill him with a fire and the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, that he would have fresh revelation from you, that he would have a fresh connection with you, that he would hear your small, still voice speaking to him very, very clearly. Lord God, that you would lead him and guide him and direct him. And Father, that this would be a new dynamic and a new dimension to this relationship with you. Father, that he would experience you like never before. And we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. Amen. Amen. You know, this is what it's all about. Walking in the newness of life. The word says God's mercies are new every morning. Come on, man. I, I need that sometimes. Some mornings I need some new mercies. Sometimes by the middle of the day, I need some, you know? But God is there for us. And I wanna, I wanna take a few minutes and share something with you guys. Uh, I wanna talk about our Wednesday evening Bible study. I know many of you were here and we've been talking about getting alone with God. And this morning I've been talking about the power of God moving in our lives. And I know on Wednesday night we had uh, Pastor Mohan from India was here. Uh, it was really interesting how all that played out because many of you know that we went to Malaysia and India during the summer and we met Pastor Mohan there and he is a pastor of pastors. He, uh, when I asked him on, on Wednesday night, he never did say how many pastors he pastors. He's a very humble man, but uh, as we experienced on Wednesday, there's great power that's flowing through his life. And uh, he contacted me a couple of months back and said that he was going to be in the United States. And I was very, very pleasantly surprised. He asked if he could come here. He could, I mean, he, when he's here, he's here for a month. He's traveling all over the U.S. He's, they planted a, a church in Canada. They're, I mean, he's, he's very busy. 
He's not looking for a place to go. But as he prayed, the Lord spoke to him that he was to come here and build relationships with us. And many of you, well, all of you that have been coming for any length of time know what the Lord has called us to, to minister, to train up and equip other leaders across the globe. And God is not only opening doors, he's blowing the doors off the hinges. He's opening up doors for us to go to the nations. And when Pastor Mohan was here, he, he asked Christine and I if, if we would go and speak to some of his pastors at two conferences. God is doing something here, guys. And I've been telling you, get ready. It's here now. It's here. And one of the things that he shared was that, well, he shared so many things. One thing that I really took note of, when God called us to start Life Fellowship Ministries International, he showed me, he gave me a strategy for going to the nations. And part of that strategy was that we could go to these countries and we could either parachute and drop somebody in to these different areas strategically, or we could find indigenous people there that are already entrenched in, the, in, in their country, in their cities, in their villages, and pour into them. And this is what they're doing. He said that some, I guess it was 30 something years ago, his dad and, and a, a man by the name of Alan Vincent, who's a powerful man of God, was over in India and they began with 40 people. And those 40 people have now grown to over 60,000 people. And that God is opening up doors for them to plant churches and train up other pastors and leaders. And as we spent some time together last week, he shared his heart with me and he said, Pastor, I don't want these guys to have to work out in the fields and, and go do these laborious tasks and, and then come back and try to train up other leaders and build churches. He said, I want to help them. I want to give them a salary that they can focus on the work of the kingdom. And I can tell you that it is very difficult, that work. And uh, I'm so thankful that, that I don't have to go work at a job for eight or 10 hours and then come back and try to do this. I, I couldn't do it. And I think I have a pretty great capacity, but I couldn't do it. I know there's no way I could do it. And he, and he said it costs $30 to support a pastor for a month, $30. And so I began to pray and I said, God, I like what this man is doing. I like what you're doing. This is right in line with what you've called us to do. And, and I, I think we need to be a part of this. And so as I prayed, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to start off by supporting 10 pastors a month. And I want you to do that for at least a year. And as I prayed, anytime that we have someone coming here, a guest, uh, I prayed and, and I kept getting this number 5,000. And uh, I was talking with Christine and, and uh, I said, what's the Lord saying to you? And uh, you know what? The Lord was giving her the same number. But when I do the math, 10 pastors at $30 a month is $300 a month times 12 months is $3,600. And so, well, Lord, you're, you're asking me to give five. You're asking us, the church, to give 5,000. And he said, I want you to give the other 14 to him to bless him, to help offset the cost. It's expensive to fly over here and, and uh, go to all the places that he's going. And so 
the way this works, whenever we have a guest or whenever the Lord speaks to me about doing something as a church, I pray and I say, Lord, what do you want us to give? We are so blessed. We are so blessed at this church. You guys are gracious, generous givers. Christine and I are, are, are givers. And uh, when, when I pray, I say, God, what do you want Life Fellowship to give? Then I ask him, what do you want Christine and I to give? And so we've already, the Lord has spoken to me that our check's already in the box. And, and what I want to do is I wanna ask you to pray this morning. Will you help? And if you're visiting today or you're a guest here, I'm really not speaking to you. I'm, I mean, you're welcome to participate, but, but I'm really speaking to our family here that uh, whenever we give to support a ministry like this, there's a great return on the investment. And God is doing something miraculous in our midst. And it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to go and support these, these pastors that are gonna be training up other pastors and leaders. And, um, you know, the, if, if nobody else gave anything, if nobody but Christine and I gave, we're still gonna give $5,000 because that's what the Lord told me to give. But I know that you will give. But this is never, if, if you've been coming for any length of time, you know that we don't talk a lot about money and it's rare that we take up a special offering. And I'm asking you to give above and beyond your, your regular tithe. Give an offering today. And uh, we want to support these pastors. And I know that there's a good return on the investment. And, I, and we're sowing into the kingdom of God. And there may be an opportunity, maybe one day when you die and go to heaven, that, that we'll see. Maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of people that are in heaven. Because we gave, we were a part of what Pastor Mohan is doing over there. God is doing some amazing things. And as he finds people that are faithful, he begins to, con or he continues to open doors. And God has been opening up doors after door after door, and they just keep opening up. Can we walk through those doors, guys? We need to really be ready. We need to be prepared. When he asked us to go speak at these two conferences, I asked him, I said, well, how many, how many people are gonna be speaking? He said, just you two. I said, well, how many sessions are we looking at? He said, eight. <laughs> eight sessions. I've never been to a pastor's conference where there's only two people speaking, you know? But I know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If God has called us to do this, then we will do it, and he will move powerfully. So God is opening up tremendous doors for us, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. So this morning, the worship team's gonna lead us in worship, but I want you to take time, and I want you to pray for two things this morning. I want you to pray for two things. One is what else do you have to say to me this morning about this message, God? About walking in the power and the authority that you've already given us. What are you saying to me about that? And then secondly, Lord, what do you want me to give to help these pastors? And if the Lord says don't give anything, don't give anything. I've never had the Lord say that to me. <laughs> he always tells me to give, but we wanna give and listen, there's no manipulation here. There's no pressure here. I'm simply doing this because I want you to be able to partake in the blessings that come from us blessing. And uh, so we're gonna do that. We're just gonna take some time and we're gonna say, Lord, what do you want me to give? And also, what 
are you speaking to me? If you're, if you're writing a check, just write on the check, make it out to LFMI Life Fellowship and write India on the memo. If you're giving cash, Steve can uh, have some envelopes. He can hand those out. Just write on there, India, and uh, we'll make sure that these go for this initiative. You guys are so wonderful, so blessed, so, so much a blessing, and, and I can't tell you what a privilege and honor it is to, to lead and feed and shepherd this church. You guys are awesome. So let's take some time and pray, and then let's just obey. closing this morning, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your obedience. You can thank you more. Uh, God is giving us great opportunities and opening up huge doors for us. 
And I want you to continue to pray about your part and what that looks like. And certainly continue to lift up Christine and I. And uh, we want to continue to pray for these communities that we're in, but also what's going on across the globe. There are a lot of people that uh, need need to, to hear the message of Christ. And so we're gonna continue to do what God's called us to do. This afternoon, as you go out into the world, you go out to have dinner, you go watch football games or whatever that looks like, remember that you are empowered by the great and mighty power of the Holy Spirit. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Let's go out and live like that, okay? The world needs to see the love of Christ. They need to see people walking in the power and dominion and authority that that was given to us in love. Thank you for joining us this morning. Tuesday night, men's group, Wednesday night, Bible study. Go out and change your world. Go out and live it. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning. I hear the voice of many angels sing.